Welcome to FMH InsureCast, a podcast created by Farmers Mutual Hale, designed to bring you expertise and insights into the expansive crop and farm insurance landscape. Here, trusted members of our own FMH team, as well as industry experts, will discuss new products, business developments, and innovative solutions with you, our listeners. On today's episode, we'll hear from Ryan Bennis and Ken Ripley, two strategic account managers and ECO enthusiasts from our sales team. Ryan is passionate about developing the tools and products that keep FMH agents ahead of the curve, while Ken, a farmer himself, brings extensive knowledge and a trusted perspective on all things crop insurance. Listen in as this dynamic duo walks us through the ins and outs of ECO in episode one. Let's dive into today's topic. This is Ryan, Ryan Bennis, and I'm here with Ken Ripley. Ken, tell the world what you sound like. Hey, good afternoon, good morning, however time you're listening to this, but uh, glad to be with you, excited about our opportunity to talk today. Yes, exactly. And today we have something us crop insurance nerds are pretty excited about. It's a brand new crop insurance product called ECO. ECO stands for Enhanced Coverage Option. And we got a new product for 2021. What do you think, Ken? I'm very excited. Uh, being a couple crop insurance nerds here, I think this is, a, it's always exciting to have new products and, and opportunity to bring something new to the marketplace. So I'm looking forward to our discussion about this today. Yes, exactly. And Ken, Ken has a farming background. Uh, I'm more of a town kid, so you're going to get a couple different perspectives here. But we're here to just not just talk about ECO as far as what it is, but we're also going to talk strategies around ECO, where it applies, where it may not apply, and um, how you can better use this type of product for your agency. So uh, ECO stands for Enhanced Coverage Option, and I guess to describe it as simply as possible, it is like a souped up or enhanced version of SCO. Uh, if you know what SCO is, you're already halfway there, but SCO is Supplemental Coverage Option, ECO, Enhanced Coverage Option. So what makes it enhanced? What makes it enhanced is that Enhanced Coverage Option is 95 or 90% coverage option that actually goes down to 86%, which is that magic number with SCO. So just like SCO, ECO is going to follow the underlying plan type. It uses the same prices, it has the same sales closing date, and ECO is an area-based plan of insurance. So to summarize that, ECO is area-based plan of insurance from either 95% down to 86 or 90% down to 86. So how much coverage is that? Well, if we're talking about that 95% level, and we'll start with corn or soybeans, but as you'll see here after a bit, ECO has more applicability than just that. There's actually 31 different crops that ECO applies to. For corn, we're talking about $60 to $80 of extra coverage. For soybeans, $45 to $65 of extra coverage. Obviously, ECO is a um, federal crop insurance program, so it is subsidized. And there's some extra details here, but um, I'm going to let Ken jump in here. What's a couple of special things about ECO that our insure, or that our agents should know? Yeah, so big one is unlike the SCO you talked about before where that had could only be purchased if you were signed up for PLC at the FSA office, ECO is irregardless of what you sign up for. So 
with this year being uh, 2021 going to be an election year for producers to choose either ARC or PLC at the FSA office, this will have no bearing on what decisions they make there. That makes it a lot easier for agents knowing that they don't have to know what crop um, and what farm numbers they put into each one of those at the FSA. So that's a big win, simplifies it. And as we all know in the insurance industry, simpler is better. Yes, exactly. A couple other quick hitters here on ECO before we jump into some more details about what an area plan is. There's no level requirements with ECO, meaning I don't have to have a certain level of coverage on my underlying buy-up plan in order to be able to purchase ECO at 95% level. I can buy ECO at 95% if I'm at 85 or if my underlying policy is at 60 or 65. It doesn't matter. The other thing here is we touched on this earlier, 31 different crops. I'm not going to name all 31, but we have more than just our corn and soybeans available on ECO. So just a few of the other big ones, wheat, cotton, sugar beets, dry beans, barley, oats, all of those and more tobacco uh, are all going to be eligible for ECO coverage. Pretty much wherever those crops are insurable, you're going to have an ECO option. Now, we said ECO is an area-based plan. Again, very similar to SCO. But let's talk a little bit, Ken, about what area plans are. What are some things we need to know about area plans that make it special and different from an individual-based coverage? Yeah, great question, Ryan. So, when you think about an area plan, you, you got to start thinking about your county. And I'll delve a little bit more into that because that changes a little bit with some of these uh, maybe less volume crops that are part of the ECO going forward. But a area plan is going to be determined. All losses are going to be based on how that county performs versus the individual producer's actual loss or, or production. So you got to know that, that you're looking at whatever RMA they give us what we call an expected county yield for each county. And then that is like the county's APH. So for example, I from Fairbolt County, Minnesota, our corn expected county yield for this plan for 2021 is 198.9 bushels to the acre. Very good expected county yield because a lot of APHs in this county are targeted to be around 200 to maybe a little better in some cases and a little less than others, but very a very much a good starting number and then losses will be based on how you perform against that yield. Beans for my county is 56.1. Again, very common APH for producers in this area. So that's a critical thing. One of the things you got to talk about or be careful of with some area plans is uh, what is the area they're looking at. And we'll have more to discussion about that here later in the podcast. Yeah. So Ken, obviously area-based plans are not quite the coverage, not quite the risk management that an individual-based plan is. But what are some of the benefits of an of this particular area plan, ECL? Yeah, so the big one is, um, first off, is use, because of the subsidy like you talked about before, Ryan, it's going to be a lower cost option for producers, partly because we're looking at a county-based loss trigger or a revenue trigger versus the individual producer's yields on a stand, uh, unit by unit or a county basis. Um, so that's definitely one of the bigger wins. And then um, uh, the other one, or some of the cons, I guess, would be, or the negatives would be the spot loss exposure. So if you have historically, 
you don't pr- track in line with the county, you could have the risk of having the county not have a loss where you may have a hail event come through and hit your farms or things like that. Um, and the third or one of the uh, next item would be the payment timing. Because it's an area-based plan, we always have to look at what the actual county yield was versus your production coming in. So to come up with an area yield, we have to get production from all the producers in the county to determine what the county yield actually ends up being. That takes time. A lot of areas, the last date to report productions in the month of April. So after that gets in processed, we're looking at a June payment with this product versus traditionally end of the year, December, January type payment on your on your individual losses. But the big thing I want to highlight here is just like many of our other plans, these are now using RMA data. So crop insurance yield history is what's going to drive these actual yields for the county. It's not going to be a NAS survey that uh, all of us farmers like to fill out. Actually, just the other day, I got my request to fill out a NAS survey and it's sitting on my desk. So we'll see if that gets turned in. <laughs> just, just no fibbing on that survey. No now. fibbing. I'm no always fibbing. factual. That's good. That's good. Now, Ken, uh, one thing I think that's important to point out, I have the privilege of working with some agents that are all the way in Western Nebraska. And then I have some that are as far East as Ohio and um, knowing that region and knowing that, that entire area, we see a lot more area plans, area based plans sold in the Eastern United States. And I would just say East of the Mississippi in general is going to have more area based plans sold versus west of the Mississippi. And there's a, there's a couple of good reasons for that. <clears throat> and I think um, we'll point those out real quick here. So one is we just don't get very much hail, not as much hail certainly, and not as much wind. Essentially not as many of those spot losses east of the Mississippi. And we were talking about a county-based plan. That is the one exposure that you have is if I happen to have that hail or that wind damage, that may not be recognized in a final county yield. And for those producers that are west of the Mississippi, that is a real risk that they face. Also, the other reason being is just pure geography. If you look at the size of a county, say in Indiana, and you compare that to the size of a county, say in North Dakota or South Dakota, those size of counties are quite a bit different. And if I live in a county that's geographically smaller, and I farm in a county that's geographically smaller, I am more likely to trend with that county yield versus if I'm in a much larger county. So for that reason, most of the time, our area plants have not been sold west of the Mississippi. Now, for ECO, I feel like that trend doesn't necessarily have to hold true. And the main reason for that being is that I still get to keep my individual underlying coverage. I don't have to give that up at all. This is just a chance for me to buy extra coverage to capture those shallow yield losses, those shallow revenue losses in particular, where I may not have even been able to be close to capturing those small revenue losses, say if I am in a South Dakota and I'm buying 75% level. what do you think about that, Ken? Any comments on that? Yeah, absolutely agree with that. So one of the things that uh, I'm excited about with ECO is the fact that we can have a gap. So in the past, uh, some of the pushback, especially in like the Dakotas where they're bigger counties, um, if you bought a 75% policy, you were forced to buy up to 86. Well, 
now that's you can have that gap like you mentioned before we can have a 95% trigger on an area plan that goes down to 86% coverage it's getting that higher level higher into the higher portions of the APH so to speak which makes it a lot more attractive i think that's one of the reasons we should definitely not discount ECO as in the western states because i think it's going to be more attractive now than those area plans have been in the past Exactly, exactly. And that that actually did remind me of one thing that I just want to make sure that our audience knows here as well, is that with ECO, we have that option to leave that gap. And that even means we don't have to buy SCO coverage. So we can have ECO on top of that 95% down to 86, leave that gap, don't buy SCO and leave that gap between uh, 86% and whatever our individual level is. That is not a problem. Now, I'm just going to talk briefly here about payments a little bit. Ken already mentioned the timing of payments as being one of the negatives, just because we have to wait so long for that payment to come through. Now, that said, we're going to get some payments with this. It's a very shallow uh, loss trigger level of 95%. So, when we're taking a look at that expected county yield, take 5% off of that. If we're going to come in lower than 5% of that yield, that means we're going to trigger a payment. If we're looking at our revenues and we're falling to more than 5% with an average year, that also is going to trigger a payment. And then a combination of the two is going to result in the payment. Now, if we look back and we did a little bit of looking back ourselves, I picked a county from up in Ken's neck of the woods and one from near me, uh, Blue Earth County, Minnesota, which is around Mankato, Minnesota, Dallas County, Iowa, which is just a countess, county west of Polk County. And I looked at back at the last 19 years worth of data to come up with an estimate of what kind of payments were we looking at over that period of time with ECO. And over those 19 years, both Dallas County and Blue Earth County would have paid in nine of those 19 years. ECO would have paid at the 95% level in nine of those 19 years for corn. And so nine out of 19, that's just under 50%. So just under every other year. Now, both those counties did not trigger in the same years, 2012 being a great example where in Blue Earth County, Minnesota, they got to sell all that corn at 750 and they actually had pretty good yields with it. Whereas Dallas County, Iowa, they did suffer from that 2012 drought and obviously had a claim then. But um, 2000, or, uh, those 19 years, nine out of 19 triggered an ECO payment. Six out of 19 years, there was a full payment in both of those counties. So we are going to trigger payments fairly often with ECO because it is such a high level of coverage. Now, the magic question, Ken, the question of questions, how much is ECO going to cost us? Yeah, so we've done some, uh, so the RMA has got their yield, their rates out, um, did some comparison. I'm going to look just at my county, Faribault County, so that's, that's what I've kind of looked at here first. But let's just, for this example, assume that this next spring we have $4 corn on uh, for our February price discovery, because this product does work off of the February price discovery and the volatility that the regular RMA products use. So that's going to you know, determine the rating on it, okay? So on a county with a 200, let's say a producer has a 200 bushel APH with $4 spring corn, um, since we have a 9% band, we're going to have $72 of coverage. And right now, with the using last year's volatility in the $4 spring price, we would be roughly $18.70 would be the cost 
for this ECO product in Fribble County where I live. So it's a pretty good buy because that's a 3.85 multiple of premium to, um, to the rate or the, the liability. Uh, switch over to beans. I'm just using 1030 for a spring price this next February. On a 60 bushel APH, we'd have $55 of ECO coverage. And using last year's volatility again, we would be at a $13.40 per acre rate for that 9% band of coverage. That's actually a 4.1 multiple of uh, premium to liability. So very good buy uh, from a producer standpoint. Absolutely. And I just want to uh, point out that if you look across the corn belt at corn in particular, those types of prices and soybeans for that matter are going to be fairly similar across the corn belt. Um, for some of our APH crops, I'll just take sugar beets or dry beans as an example here. You're going to see that rate even lower. As a percentage of the liability, it's going to be even lower. One, they don't have that revenue element to it. Therefore, that risk isn't there. But just seems like a better value in some cases. Not to say that corn and soybeans are not something you should buy here, but it's it's more in that six, six times range as far as uh, premium to liability. So... Also, percent of price option. Can can you talk about how we could maybe use a percent of price option to lower our costs on ECO? Yeah, that's one thing that's a nice feature with this. So you can buy anywhere from 100% of price down to 50% of price in, in 1% increments. So you can mix and match. Maybe you, uh, like say, maybe the numbers I threw out there before, $18.70 was just more than you're willing to, willing to spend on a county-based plan. But maybe the $10 budget is something that you're more comfortable with. Um, that would allow you to do the percent of price to get it down to that $10 to the acre rate. Uh, which is a lot of flexibility. And the other good piece of that is just so agents are aware, that does not affect the underlying multiple. The percent of price feature of ECO is independent of the percent of price feature of your multiple as it was with the SCO product. So lots of flexibility to get this customized to what best fits the producer's needs. Absolutely. We talked at the top as well that there is both a 95% option and a 90% option. And really, we've been trying to focus on that 95% option. Is there a reason that we've been focusing on that, Ken? Yeah, we've uh, at FMH, we've definitely um, been in favor of the 95% options, uh, especially with some of our own private products. But when we look at the ECO product here, when you look at 95, if you're looking at the 90 historically your goal is you want to keep your loss trigger as high as possible. So I would prefer or suggest to agents that instead of looking at the 90% level, even though it's going to be lower cost, if you put a 95% level in at 50% of the price, you're going to be at the cost of a 90 at 100% of price. So it gives you that higher trigger and, and keeps your cost at a similar standpoint. Yep, absolutely. Now, I just did a little back of the napkin math here to compare ECO to say how we might protect ourselves in a different way, which is using like a put option. So, the reason I do that is because um, I really believe ECO for our crops that we can use it to protect against revenue. I think that's the overwhelming uh, protection we're getting versus just yield. We have that individual policy to protect us against yield, but our individual policy is usually at least a 15% deductible, could be 20 or 25% deductible. And we're going to have to have quite a drop in the price 
in order to actually collect on that policy just because of a drop in revenue. So if I'm looking at it and comparing it to another way to protect revenue, like I said, with the use of a put option, if I were to take a $4 spring price of corn and put up 95% of that into an option, which would be about a $3.80 option, it's going to cost me around 20 cents, 20, 21 cents to purchase that put option. Coverage on ECO ends ends at 86%, essentially means it's kind of a window of an option. So if we were to sell a put option at 86% of that $4, it would probably sell for around six or seven cents. So long and short of it is to buy that window, just purely in terms of options, it's probably going to cost us about 16 cents a bushel. And for that 16 cents a bushel, for an entire acre worth of bushels, it's probably going to cost us around $26, $27 an acre just to protect our price in the private market, so to speak. So comparing that to the ECO uh, premiums that we mentioned earlier, you're getting a better deal with ECO just purely on price, but also ECO has that yield element to it. So you're getting protected on both yield and price. So that's one way I look at it to try and put some of that value in perspective. A lot of that is coming from the, from the subsidy that we're getting on this, right? So uh, exactly. government's pitching in about half of that price. Go ahead, Ken. Yeah, no, I'm just going to reinforce, yeah, the, the subsidies are critical there. That's one way producers can definitely stretch their dollars, use those subsidies to to gain that coverage they need and, uh, and also add in the yield component that you wouldn't get through uh, traditional options. Gotcha. Okay, Ken, I'm going to put you on the hot seat here. I have some quick hitter questions here to kind of wrap us up. Some frequently asked questions we expect we will hear a lot of on the trail here before March. So are you ready? Let's go. <laughs> How does ECO compare to private products at 95%? Say for instance, the ramp product that FMH has offered the past few years. Yeah, so it's a great question. So obviously ramp being FMH's private product, the benefit ramp has is its individual coverage. So the individual loss of that producer always drives the payment drawback is you can't get as many dollars with ramp. ECO is going to give us more dollars of coverage. Like I mentioned before, corn, $72 uh, is the coverage that you would get with the ECO band of 9%, where we're capping you at $50 on, uh, on a ramp product. Uh, and then uh, beans, we're capping you at $40 an acre on ramp. So ramp is going to cost more. ECO has got the subsidy. So I think there's a lot of value in this ECO product by getting more dollars for less money, stretching that, giving that, or that customer more coverage um, and stretching their dollars uh, for the acre cost. And this may be hinting towards something that we do in the future here as far as podcasts goes, but uh, Ken and I have talked about some ways in which we can incorporate both ECO and a private product like Ramp together so that they, they help supplement each other and really give us a more complete package as far as risk management goes. Next question, Ken, is ECO a better option than, say, a hail product with wind endorsement? Yeah, that's uh, definitely we're talking apples and oranges here. Um, I would I would encourage a grower to truly look at their 
risk needs on their farm. If their needs are more tied to spot losses like hail or, um, or wind events, you definitely want to stay with private products like a hail or a wind policy because ECO, you could get hit and the county doesn't get hit and you're not going to be covered. So definitely are not one and one. So if you look at what your risk portfolio is and make sure you're buying the product that best fits your needs. Now, if you're more concerned about revenue loss, ECO is the way to go. That's going to give you for the least amount of money, that's going to give you that revenue protection, which is going to affect every grower in the county the same. Yep, absolutely. So speaking along the same terms there, can ECO really help me if I buy a fairly low level of coverage, like say 75% or even lower? Yeah, absolutely. That's one of the things I'm really excited about, especially as, you know, some of the area I've covered is South Dakota, traditionally seeing 70, 75 levels in many cases. Um, This product, because we're allowed to have that gap, we can get a 95 trigger with not having to buy all 95% of that APH to get there. That's a big win, having the opportunity to put a higher trigger in, but keep my individual level low. Because as we know, some of the reason those rates are, uh, levels are lower in those states is because the rates are higher. The farmers can't afford to pay the for the 85% level. Uh, the, they're just cost prohibitive. But with this being an area plan, they can get that trigger up higher and not have to pay, as I'll call it, full freight to get there because it's an area plan. There you go. Uh, who might not be a good candidate for ECO? So who would be the opposite? Who would be a bad candidate to buy enhanced yeah. coverage option? Yeah, so great question. There's a couple that I'm going to throw out. First one is going to be if you say your county um, – traditionally is up and your farm is down. So if you're not trending with the county when it comes to to actual losses, you would not be a good candidate for ECO because you need to be trending with the county and how it goes from a yield standpoint. So you're going to be having losses trigger from a county standpoint at the same time your farm is triggering. That's one. But the second one is going to be, especially as we look at ECO, and it may come into play on some of the, um, the, uh, uh, 31 crops that are in the mix here for looking at them. All these plans have um, the counties that determine what is the yield that we're going to track to determine the final yield for this plan. So all counties have what we call as an expected county yield, but then the actual yield is going to be based on on the designated county. So let's say I was looking at one the other day uh, on a crop and it had like seven counties being lumped together for the determination of what the yield was. Now, this one was a wheat, uh, irrigated wheat in North Dakota. may not be that big a deal because there's not a lot of irrigated wheat up there, but you wouldn't want to put all your eggs in one basket if the county is now larger than your physical county and we're looking at seven, eight, nine, maybe 10 counties determining the final yield. That just made your exposure for having a loss that much larger. So something to consider. You want to definitely look and make sure you understand what the requirements or the rules are behind the ECL for, for your county and, and your crop. Yeah, Ken, and I, I uh, totally agree. Those are great points. I want to add on to one thing, though, there. When we're talking about our own APH or our farmer's APH in comparison to the county yield, that doesn't mean we have to have the same yield, right, Ken? That's correct. No, you could be significantly different. Yeah. So what's really more important is say if the county yields 200 and I have an APH or I have growers that have APHs of 220, the most important part is that 
I am on average as a farmer or as my book of business has a lot of growers that are going to continue to be 20 bushels over that average county yield. And that actually makes them great candidates for ECO. If I'm better than the county and I stay better than the county, that's great. That's great. Um, It actually means I'm going to be able to buy more coverage because my coverage is based off of my own APH, even though the losses are triggered off of the county. So whether you're 20 bushels over or 20 bushels under, it doesn't really matter. The key is, is that when the county does well, you do well. And when the county does poorly, you're having those losses on your own farm as well. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. A couple other things to clean up here, Ken. How might somebody go and find out what their local county yield is for their own county and the crops that they're interested in? Yeah, great question. So the uh, right now, the best way place to look is to go to RMA site, go to uh, the uh, AIB, the Actuarial Information Browser, by crop, by county. Uh, there is then a tab in that website that has the expected county yields and the rates um, for ECO. That's a, that's where I would look at this point as as uh, as we're building up uh, quoting tools and things like that. This is a spot for you to go right now to get that information. Excellent. Excellent. And last one here, where could somebody learn more about ECO? We're a little limited on information as this is a brand new product. Who could somebody talk to about ECO to get a little bit more information? Yeah. So one thing I want to point out, we've got our um, upcoming agent training sessions. So those are all, if you haven't got signed up, definitely get signed up. You're going to hear a lot about ECO in our spring updates, Uh, but also reach out to uh, your salespeople. Um, Both the division sales manager and strategic account managers are ready to share information about ECO and would glad to help you and point you in the right direction. Well, Ken, with that, that wraps up the very first FMH podcast here. And uh, I really enjoyed talking to you about ECO today, something I'm definitely excited about. It's going to be a very hot topic here over the next few months. And I look forward to having lots of great conversations with FMH agents about ECO. Anything you have left to say, Ken? No, it was fun. Enjoyed it. We're uh, looking forward to the next one. Sounds great. Thank you, everybody. You've been listening to FMH InsureCast. We appreciate you joining us today and would like to hear from you. If you have questions about today's topic or an idea to share for an upcoming podcast, you can contact us at fmhpodcast at fmh.com. Thanks for listening.